The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome back to AI Week on the MarTech Podcast. Yesterday, we continued our week-long deep dive into a subject that is both the present and future of marketing, machine learning, and artificial intelligence. Each day this week, we're going to publish an episode related to a different topic on how AI is changing the landscape of marketing. Joining us for AI Week is Dan Fagella, who is the CEO of Emerge, formerly Tech Emergence. Emerge is a content network and research firm that owns the largest audience of AI-focused businesses with a goal of connecting business leaders to the AI solutions and services they need to stay ahead of their competition. Prior to founding Emerge, Dan founded and sold multiple businesses, including The Skill of Science, which is an e-commerce and e-learning company in the self-protection and self-defense industry that had a seven-figure exit. So we're very excited to have him here. And yesterday, Dan walked us through how to find the low-hanging fruit related to integrating AI into your marketing efforts. And today, we're going to discuss the technology trends that marketers need to be aware of or cautious of related to integrating AI into their marketing efforts. Here's the fourth installment of our interview with Dan Fagella from Emerge. Dan, welcome back to AI Week on the MarTech Podcast. Glad to be here, Ben. This is definitely a topic dear to my heart, so I'm eager to dive in. It's Thursday. The end is near. We can see the finish line. And today we're going to talk about what marketers need to be cautious of related to integrating artificial intelligence into their marketing stack. So we touched on this a little bit at the end of last episode of what actually is AI and how it's being used as a marketing term. But tell us some of the ways that marketers are getting taken advantage of or trends that they need to be aware of that can potentially sink their ship related to AI. So it's kind of about how people think about artificial intelligence and marketing at a high level. Now, you're obviously doing this week because this topic is hot. I certainly benefit from the fact that a lot of marketing people are Googling and learning about artificial intelligence. But that same sort of heat, that same sort of inevitable feeling of being the next big thing is also what helps some of these companies raise money and close deals that maybe otherwise they would not have raised or closed. So there's a lot of business leaders or managers kind of asking themselves, what can we do with AI around here? They essentially are holding a hammer and they're just trying to find nails. And maybe the business doesn't necessarily need nails. Maybe those nails are going to do more harm than good. 
but hitting nails is going to feel good because it feels modern. It feels like the future. There's a posturing game where any company of a certain size of grandeur in, let's say, banking or pharma or retail, if their two biggest competitors set out a press release that say, oh, we're going to do a chatbot, then of course they feel pressure to say the same thing. So what happens is there's this kind of froth where everybody thinks everybody's doing AI and everybody thinks AI is actually making a difference to people's bottom line when in fact there's a very motivated charade happening. So I'd like to kind of set the record straight on that and let people know what to pay attention to and what not to. So what I'm hearing is, A, that because the term artificial intelligence is so sexy and so hot right now, People are looking for ways to integrate it that, you know, kind of border on vaporware. They're not actually integrating AI. They're saying they're building something for AI to capture the interest in the market. And also there are companies that are integrating AI, not necessarily because it solves a business problem and makes their product offering or service better, but because they're trying to keep up with the Joneses. 100%. So let's talk about the players in the space and where this motivation comes from. And this will be a synopsis that, again, is exceedingly important. This is maybe of the entire week one of the more important points. And we're going to hopefully be able to wrap up today with what people should pay attention to so that they don't get caught up in hype, but they can stay ahead of the trends. Hopefully, we'll get to cover that afterwards. I'm imagining that the same thing is happening not only with AI, but off the top of my head, cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. Like there's the gold rush phenomenon of this is the new hot topic in emerging tech. So people latch on to that. So I'm interested in hearing what you have to say and also thinking of other industries that the same sort of thing happens. You bet. People should be wary of this. I mean, there's the famous term, the hype cycle, which I believe is either a Forrester or a Gartner kind of intellectual creation of how things get overbloated before they go into the trash and everybody gets pessimistic about them. And then eventually they level off somewhere where they're actually delivering value in business. Similar things have happened with all kinds of technologies. 3D printing has kind of gone through its big loopy loop many years ago now. So here's how it works. Basically, machine learning and AI are becoming a cool, interesting thing, in part for a few reasons. Number one, because Google, Amazon, Netflix, all the fastest moving, coolest digitally based businesses are leveraging it to become essentially gargantuan monopolies. So if you can become huge trillion dollar monopolies in in these different sectors, and you're predicating your offering and kind of your operations in some important regard to machine learning, then there's something interesting about it. Also, machine learning has started to become a lot more capable. Machine vision, understanding voice, all of these applications have really flourished with this whole pattern recognition thing. Combine that with the fact that Terminator pictures and memes are really popular and easy to make, and all of a sudden AI is on the scene. Now, once AI is on the scene and it's on everybody's radar, you don't want to seem like the company that doesn't get it. So if you're a vendor, you have to say you're doing machine learning. If you are a big Fortune 500, you have to say that you're leveraging machine learning or you're starting a new machine learning innovation hub. So it becomes a big signaling game where everybody says from the stodgy, boring old IT integration companies to the stodgy, boring telecom companies to the hot startup that kicked off last week, everybody feels the heat to say, we're doing AI, we're leading with AI, we understand AI. Now, that makes it so that business leaders think that surely AI is that important, and surely all of these people are actually getting something out of it, when in fact, AI writ large is at a piloting phase. AI is tinkering, tweaking, adjusting, piloting its way into finding business value, into essentially delivering an ROI. 
in the vast majority of applications, these companies are living off of venture money. They are not living off of revenue. When we can say machine learning has really made its way into marketing is when the bulk of the companies predicated on machine learning and marketing are making most of their money by charging customers for it, not by getting it from VCs who want them to be the next big thing. I'm not saying it's not going to be a big thing, but I'm saying we need to be very cautious about thinking AI first. We should think business goals first. And if AI helps us get there, so be it. Let's use it. Otherwise, don't think about AI if it's not a straight line to what we need to do to win in our industry and our sector for our market share. So what I'm hearing is that a when you're hearing AI in a sales pitch and it is not a business that requires an incredible amount of data that is very sophisticated, likely e-commerce, social media, some of the industries that we talk about, it's likely a buzzword. Yes, you are hearing that correctly. And I will make sure that when we wrap this up, I don't know what's going to be in the show notes, but there's an article that we have called Separating Hype from Reality, Three Rules of Thumb for AI. And this is essentially helping business people figure out, hey, this thing that somebody is telling me is predicated on AI, is it or not? And as it turns out, with a couple Google searches, if you're looking for the right thing, you can figure out, are you being faked or are you likely dealing with a company that's actually leveraging artificial intelligence? A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. Okay, I'd be happy to include it in our show notes for this episode. Can you give us a preview? Totally. So one is the following question. Does the leadership have one of the following two things? So leadership means the C-level people. Do the C-level people in this spin-off division of AT&T, if it's a big-ass old company, right? Or does the leadership team of this fresh new company in Boston and San Francisco and New York, whatever, does the C-level leadership of this company have one of two things? A, a robust 
academic background in artificial intelligence. What this means, Ben, is a master's or PhD level experience in either computer science with some kind of a sub-focus that we can see around AI or just overtly getting a damn degree in artificial intelligence. Now, B is robust business experience in artificial intelligence. So I'll give you another example. If you come out of Carnegie Mellon and you just did a PhD on computer vision, you are among the smartest humans on the breathing, streaming face of the earth when it comes to training machines to understand pictures. There's essentially zero doubts about that. Carnegie Mellon is a reasonably reputable institution. Mm -hmm. Here's another reputable way to garner clout and garner experience that could actually translate to success in the real world, and that is experience in business. So let's say you got a bachelor's degree from Boston University in computer science or in marketing or in something. You're not necessarily schmancy pants Ivy League guy, but you go work at Amazon. And as it turns out, you work on their recommendation system for four years. Well, when you work on Amazon's recommendation system for four years and you get trained to do tech there, when you get trained to work with the teams there, you are getting what is equivalent to a very important kind of schooling in how to translate AI, not only how to do the science, but how to translate it into products. So here's a quick sidebar. If all the leaders of this company, all the C-level execs of this sexy company that's using AI, we're doing AI in X industry, and you got an MBA, you got a guy who studied agriculture and it's not an agriculture company, you got some guy that's kind of been a manager at a bunch of big firms and whatever, you got a couple developers, none of whom, to be honest, have any specific AI focus, but you see a lot of AI on the about page, you're not actually looking at a company that's doing artificial intelligence, you're looking at a company that's using the buzzword in order to garner funds and to close pilot deals and to fulfill their aspiration. So there's a difference between an aspirational statement about AI and a factual statement around AI. 70 something percent of the statements that we see are gonna be more on the aspirational side. That makes for a very troubling world if you're a market researcher like me because you have to do a lot of homework and digging. But the real bar is, okay, fancy startup, you got 12 people. Who's your C-level execs? You say everything you're doing is predicated on AI. Who's running the company? If zero of those people have an academic or robust business background in artificial intelligence, your likelihood of them doing something serious with AI in the near term is extremely small. Couple things to follow up on. First off, you mentioned if you're a graduate of Boston University or another fancy pants school, as a proud graduate with a marketing degree, as a proud terrier, I just want to say that our pants are as fancy as anybody else's. <laughs> the second part is that it does make sense that if you're trying to evaluate a vendor who's saying that they're using AI, asking who has the right experience, understanding who has the capabilities in terms of the business operating experience in AI, it is an incredibly complicated field. It is not something that can be just plugged and played like a marketing automation software, for example. So I think that's a very good tip. Any other last words in terms of what marketers need to watch out for when looking to integrate AI? One thing I'll touch on with your marketing comment is, yes, so a marketer's pants are as fancy as a journalist's pants or as fancy as a finance person's pants in your domain, right? So I personally, Ben, did not have a background in computer science, so my pants ain't very fancy over there. I was just making a Boston University joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's all good. I also, my undergrad was not necessarily the coolest school in town either, which is kind of the local university. But regardless, like, so long as people stay in their lane, that's cool. But if you're like, a dude from the stodgy banking world and you're pretending that you're data science extraordinaire, you kind of got to shut up and vice versa is exactly the same way. So anyway, closing note here, Ben, on leveraging AI, what to watch out for. If you are a business 
that is big enough to actually integrate a vendor solution. So let's say you want to integrate a recommendation engine of some kind or really augment your paid advertising with some kind of fancy vendor solution or really augment your marketing automation or your copywriting because you're working at such a scale that you're able to actually leverage these schmancy vendor solutions to bring artificial intelligence into your marketing efforts. Again, don't do that unless it's the best move for your business. Don't do it because it's AI. But if it's the best move for your business and it seems as though AI vendors are a reasonable answer, a massive bit of advice here, Ben, is to talk to other firms who have integrated something similar and get an understanding of what this integration requires because this is not buying a software and plugging it in. This is streamlining your data. This is organizing your data. This is matching your subject matter experts to the vendors, data scientists, experts, and having long conversations and building out systems in order to test, track, experiment, and finally come up with results. If you're not prepared for what it takes to integrate AI into a business, if you don't know what that precedent looks like, you haven't talked to somebody who's been through it, you're signing yourself up for something that you and your boss are not actually prepared for. It's going to be longer and probably more expensive than you were sold on. And you have to buckle yourself against that risk by understanding the precedence of similar integrations to similar businesses. If you've never done AI before, you're about to do IT procurement in that space. Understand that world before you step forward at your own peril. I think that's a great piece of advice. And like I mentioned, all of the industries that are the hot buzzword centric marketing themes of the day, artificial intelligence, any sort of thing that ends with coin, cryptocurrency, you know, chat bots, all of these things are generally ripe with a lot of vaporware. Those terms get used in ways that are not necessarily true adoptions of those phrases. So when you're picking your vendors, you have to double check and make sure that you're actually getting what you think you are. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Dan Fagella from Emerge for joining us. If you'd like to hear more of our conversation with Dan, we're going to publish our last episode of the week tomorrow. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and check back with us tomorrow morning when we'll be discussing how AI will impact the future of marketing. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Dan, click the link in our show notes to find his bio. If you're a subscriber to the MarTech Podcast, thank you for being a member of our community. If you have MarTech questions, if you have comments about the show, if you're interested in being a guest on the MarTech Podcast, click the Contact Us link in our show notes, or you could also reach out via LinkedIn or Twitter by searching Ben J. Shap, that's B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P, in any of your social networks. If you didn't have time to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, don't worry, we got you covered. We have a summary and a full transcript of this episode on our website, which is martechpod.com. If you haven't subscribed yet and you want a weekly stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, in addition to the rest of AI Week with Dan Fagella from Emerge, we've got a bunch of great episodes lined up for the next few weeks. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? 
then visit IHearEverything.com.